Hello and welcome back to the Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. You're listening to the podcast that provides you with real honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise and navigating through our messy lives in general. Today's episode, I am joined by a lovely guest. James Cruikshank has come on to have a discussion about the pros and cons of striving for a perfect training plan. James is a physio that specializes in running injuries. He has an incredible amount of knowledge and experience and he's all around an amazing human. Somebody that I highly look up to in the fitness world. Not only that, but he is the king of analogies and stickman drawings. They are the best. So it's safe to say that I was super chuffed when James agreed to come on to the podcast. So let's get started. Hello, James. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, that's that's a different voice you use now. <laughs> Five seconds ago, it was pure inch a minute ago. <laughs> well, you know, I got to um, you know lower the tone a little bit. No, <laughs> whoever get the clicks, eh? whoever gets the clicks. <laughs> oh, me! Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Like, I really appreciate your time and your knowledge, and I'm super excited to be having this discussion because there's nobody else I would rather have this discussion with so we may as well just get stuck right into it yeah okay so I've got a few questions that I've kind of got in my mind but I think this could go anywhere and I'm really excited for this so is there such a thing as a perfect training plan It depends. It depends. I think that's probably the same with like anything in life. Um, I don't think that the word perfect is probably the right word because if you're looking for perfection, you can sometimes miss out on some of the 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 smaller gains you 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 can actually have with progression. And I think that rather than looking for like something to be perfect all the time, don't spend eighty percent of your time try to get that last twenty percent where eighty percent is good enough to get you to the next level. Um <clears throat> progress is probably the biggest thing with a plan. Like a structure plan's nice. Um a plan that brings in your your overload principles and I just think as well that a plan's a, a set of guidelines and guidelines you can kind of work between more than anything else. Is it a perfect plan? No. Is there a plan for every single injury? Yes, but again, the plan varies depending on the person, depending on life stresses, depending on injuries, previous injuries, age, gender, past medical history. There's so many things that can like affect the plan, but at the same time, it's quite nice to know that you're heading towards something. Um, was it to say a goal with no plan is just a dream? So the, yeah. the plan is definitely a part of it. But at the same time, the plan has to be quite fluid. And I think that that's the most important thing. And I always remember having a discussion, um, was Don Vesey mentioned about plan A is good. Plan B is just as good, but different. And plan C is just as good, but different again. So having the, the perfect plan might have about eight or nine different spokes to it. So you can actually veer off in different directions. The perfect plan is maybe the, the outcome rather than actually how you get there and that might be tailored to whatever your goal is yeah I love that I think the plan a b c is like that's how I uh, use like a, for racing um but life sometimes we get to a z and then we're like back to a um but it is about that like fluidness and and realization that there is like so many factors um but I, I also hear what you're saying, like a plan, you know, we need a kind of a guide. We need a starting point. So um, I kind of want to like go through like the pros and cons really of striving to at least, you know, work towards this plan. Um, 
because there's pros and cons to everything um but the perfection part is like keeping in mind of that as well so if somebody was to be striving for perfection in a training plan like what would be the I guess the positives to that or the pros to that um I think from my line of work um if somebody's heading towards a perfect plan then then that's fine they're not injured then that's fine keep keep going because the, the plan is maybe working perfect for them at that moment I guess the problem then comes up when the injury comes up and we're still trying to stick to the perfect plan that's where you kind of need to address that there's the best analogy I tend to use is if you were a car driving home and you know the quickest way to get from A to B but then as you're driving home, you get to a road close sign. Do you stop, get out of the car, sit the side of the road and have a tantrum? Or do you actually look for the diversion? The first thing we'll do is we'll look for a diversion. And I think that's the important thing is being able to have the, not necessarily the skill set, but have the kind of mindset to look for another way. If there's a roadblock in your way, how do we get around it? Do we go around it? Do we go over it? Do we go under it? Each doesn't matter how you get around it, but that's going to be the roadblock you've got to address. Now, there's people that go through marathon training plans that'll wake up on day one of the plan and they'll run the race, no roadblocks. And that is great. How often does that happen? Not very often. The people that tend to get to the start line will have had many roadblocks, but they found many diversions. And then I think that that's why first marathons are tricky because they're, they're wanting to go from week one to week 16. It's going to be 16 weeks to get to the race. I do the race. I'm going to get my, my time goal at the end. And it doesn't work like that. You'll know that yourself. It's like, what happens in week eight when we start to have a wee niggle? What happens in week 10 when we start to um, not be able to have a long run done? The plan's got to change. And I think that people that are fixed on, it's one to 16, that's the goal. They struggle with their marathon. But the second marathon is always a bit better because when that roadblock comes up, They've learned the skills from the first time around saying, actually, when this happened last time, I actually reduced my volume for a week and everything was okay. Or I noticed it a little bit quicker so I can actually reduce the plan, maybe switch weeks one and week two roundabout or week seven and eight roundabout. So you can start being a bit more creative with the plan. And you mentioned the word fluid. It has to be fluid because life is fluid. Everything's always changing. We do not know what you're going to be like on week eight or week nine of a training plan in week one we, we just don't know what's going to be happening we don't know how your body's going to react to it we don't know what life stress is around the corner but it's being able to have that plan a plan b plan c plan d when something does come out and nobody's going to sit the side of the road everyone's got to try and find a diversion i think that's probably the best way is that i can't do this but i can do that and i think that that's the most important thing yeah i love that i something that i say is I that's a regular question that I ask clients is what roadblocks are coming up like what what can you think and also another thing I say is like learn to pivot it's the biggest like skill that you can learn I when you were saying about the first marathon oh my because you know shocker had perfectionist traits even heavy stronger then was I remember downloading um sub four hour marathon plan online and never done a marathon, done heaps of halves and being like, just exactly what you said, 16 weeks. This is what I'm going to get. This is, a, I've plucked this time. It just, I've just presumed that I'm going to just be able just to do that. No, <laughs> just, you know, hopeful. I don't know where I got that from easy 16 weeks no problem it was like week three shin splints absolutely broken my whole life was over yeah. and I was a failure but I still managed to do the marathon but I I did have to learn some harsh realities super fast um I think as well as we've got to remember that failure is not a bad thing you know exactly. like not being able to complete is not a bad thing not being able to do one week of your training is not a bad thing it's it's how we learn and I think that if you were to go through week one to week 16 with no injuries or no roadblocks or nothing at all, the path of least resistance is the worst teacher. You've not learned anything. Yeah. You've not learned anything about your body. You've not appreciated the marathon. You've not really actually improved as much as a runner from having a little bit of adversity. And we have to remember that failure is not a negative thing. It's it's part of the, the growing process. 
either through injury or through knowing about your body or through life itself. And I think that's a, a key, key message is that don't be scared to fail. And I think we, we as a population tend to panic when we fail. There's a really good quote as well. Um, it's Matthew McConaughey. He talks a lot about humans are great at dissecting failure, but success leaves clues. So when things are going well, take notes of them, but also when things aren't going well, think about how can I get back to when I was successful? What was I doing when I was successful? So you can always start thinking about when when adversity comes, how do I get back onto that right path as soon as, soon as I can? Yeah. I mean, I, I think actually if things are going super perfectly, like everything's like really, really good. I actually think now that that's actually a little flag saying maybe I'm actually not putting in, you know, not that I'm actively looking to injure myself or anything, but you know, if you're, if there's not any, you know, if you're not challenging yourself to kind of step out your comfort zone a little bit, you know, for example, if you're like trying to like lift heavier in the gym or something, you know, you might be like, oh, I've got a little bit of DOMS more than my normal or trying a new exercise or trying something new or like you say, like trying a different hill route and it like going horribly wrong with the route. <laughs> it's like, well, you learn, you're always learning. Like I, you said something a, a minute ago about um, plans rarely going right. I think I've maybe had like one, like one training block stroke and race ever in, I don't know, nearly two decades of running, but it's gone to plan. But then I guess the, the bigger picture is not the first marathon. It's not even the second marathon. It's not even the third marathon. It's not even the first ultra. It's yeah. a race that you maybe not even ran yet or not even thought about doing yet, but everything you're doing just now is building towards that. And I think that, if it's not for you, it won't go past you kind of thing. If it's for you, sorry, it won't go past you. And if you've had a wee bit of adversity, you're not finished. You're not finished yet. It's not It's not your time. You're still learning for the bigger dance or the bigger show or the bigger race itself. So you're always just kind of collectively. And it's hard at the time. I know that people do marathons for charity and I've had people on the couch and they're like three weeks out of the marathon and it's not looking like they're going to run it. And to have that conversation with them there, it's yeah. maybe not the time, but maybe two weeks after race it's then the time to say like this is okay we can learn from this and we can change maybe go back and play detective and try and figure out why reflections are a strong strong tool uh journaling when things are going well write down why you think it's went well if things haven't gone well write down why you think it hasn't gone well so you actually learn from every single run you do um, it's not necessarily you learn from one marathon process. You might learn from every single um, session and the session has to have a purpose. Is it an easy run? Did you run easy? No, I didn't. I ran too fast because I had to get home to put the kids up to go to school. So I went a wee bit quicker. I feel a little bit sore or my session in the Wednesday wasn't as good because I was a wee bit tired from the Monday session. Cool, write it down. So next time that you've got to pick the kids up, maybe cut your session just a little bit short. And it's 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 how do you learn and you can only learn through reflection and sitting down with a cup of tea at the end of the day and say, actually, the purpose was to do this. I didn't quite do that, but I was close to doing it. can be something that's a really powerful tool as well. Yeah, I, that's one thing I'm quite big with clients is journaling because it is, it massively helps to build self-awareness, get some reflection, like you say, and actively like think, okay, what am I going to do differently next time? Because Life is constantly throwing these life curveballs at us, but it's about, like you say, I could maybe just cut it short because then the purpose has still remained. That easy run has still remained rather than it going into something else. You've got to kind of not try and stop the flow of the river, but just go with it. Life is going to be a flow. You've got to kind of find your flow and go with it. And as soon as you probably recognize you're trying to go against the tide, you might have to change a couple of things and go with the tide. So it's it's quite nice that when you see people that say, actually, I know I work late on a Thursday, so I've changed my session around. It's like, great, you're going with the flow of life. And I think that when you mentioned curveballs, as soon as somebody says, I appreciate it, I had to go down to Glasgow and back. I was sitting for a long period of time, so I took my long run out and changed it with a short run. Great, that's the perfect plan. It's because you're being fluid, you're being, you're thinking about it. You're actually, 
I often say as well, it's like, I've got to watch what I say, but those who can teach and those who can't don't. And it's like, those who understand running can do that. Those that don't understand running, run every single run at the same pace, uh, vary the distance, but they do everything at the same pace and they don't understand what running is about. And it's being flexible or being uh, fluid with the, the plan itself. Yeah, I love that though. It's, it's spot on. So... If you were, because I was saying, you know, we're not striving for perfection, but then for some people that would mean like, well, what's the point then if we're not going to What is perfection? Well, it's an illusion. Yeah. Well, it, what, what, it, is, what is the perfection? And you say to somebody and you ask, what, what is perfection to you? Well, perfection to me is sub four. Okay. That, that's, if that's perfection we've got to kind of think about the outcome and the process to get there. You've got to focus on the processes. What do you need to do? I need to have a 16-week plan. Okay, what needs to be in the 16-week plan? Well, every week it needs to be a gradual progression and every fourth week it needs to drop back. Okay, well, what needs to be in your speed sessions? They need to be at this tempo. Well, what needs to be your recovery? It needs to be at this tempo. Okay, if you can stick to every single brick, rather than think about building a wall, think about that brick is placed perfectly. That brick is placed perfectly. That brick maybe not perfect, but I can actually maybe make the next one just a little bit different. I move on to the next layer. And then I start building my wall. And when you get to the marathon line, your imperfect wall looks perfect because you've had to kind of change that the whole way through the whole process. To go in with perfection, you've got to say, well, make perfection a thing. What is it in real words? Because perfection is just a, a word. Same with dreams. It's the exact same context, but a plan is something that's going to build your wall. And you've got to think about every single part of the plan has to kind of be right. And it's not right. You make sure the next part is accounting for that. So your next layer up the next week, you might have to reduce the volume or increase the volume or, or change the intensity, or you might have to do something different to account for the previous week. But the only way you know what's happened beforehand is by reflecting on what's happened. That didn't really go well, but I need to kind of maybe forget about that and just make sure next time I do that session, I don't run as fast so that I can then make sure I do my session quickly on, on Wednesday and then I do my recovery so that I can do my long run at the weekend. So it's kind of thinking about maybe the next step or the next two steps, but down the crux of it is purpose of session versus perfection. What is the purpose of today? Did I achieve it? Yes or no. If I didn't achieve it, how can I then move on to the next session and try and achieve it next time by learning from the previous one? Yeah. And, um what you're saying there it's as cliche as it sounds <laughs> trust the process <laughs> you know it's process led goals rather than outcome driven and i think yes. there's so many external factors that can affect your outcome so for example you might have trained perfectly for the marathon you might have been sub four shape you're running there's somebody out the side of the road you stop and help them your sub four goes but does that mean that your whole training plan's been a, a wreck and ruin? It hasn't at all. So you don't know what is around the next corner. Like you say, curveballs are there. In the marathon, it owes you nothing. It's 26.2 miles. It doesn't owe anyone anything. You can turn up there in the best shape of your life, but you can make your nutrition wrong. The weather might be different. Your shoes might rub. Your socks might rub. Your shorts might rub. Your, you might drop a gel in the first 5K and... To say that, oh, well, I didn't get my, my, my whole marathon was a, a nightmare because I didn't get my time, but you might have run maybe 99% of that run perfectly or in your eyes perfectly, but you'll still be upset with the outcome because you didn't quite get the time. And I think when you're doing a lot of hard work, it's thinking about the whole process and enjoying the process, learning throughout the process rather than the time. Yeah. Nobody walks about the street with their weight on their forehead or their marathon time on their forehead. It's all about they've learned through either adversity or learned through going through the processes. Yeah, totally. And I think the undertone to striving for perfection is needing to control. And because you're, you're, you, when we need to control, uh, it's a lack of trust. So it's, it is coming back to that trust in the process and trusting those little blocks, as you say, like, being okay with your Strava line not being exactly going up, 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 like you said, bringing it down every four weeks and then going back up. Um, it's these little mind games that we do as humans for some weird reason to ourselves, um, but it can hold us back from 
actually moving forwards in the way that we do want to move? Yeah. Go dating. Bit of a curveball for you. Go dating. Do you trust the person on the first date? Do you trust them on the second date? You, third month, fourth month? You know, the more you run, the more you, you actually gain trust with your running. So it might be the first marathon's your first date. Okay, I really enjoyed that, but this maybe don't really like that about that person or this about that. You know, it's it's the same kind of thing. You learn and you gain trust. Flip it around, you say, I'm gonna put hundred percent of my trust in that first date, and it's up to them to lose my trust. And it's the same with the marathon. I'm gonna put all my trust in the process. And then once I get to the end, I'm gonna know if my trust was met or not. And then you've got to say, Okay, I trusted this, trusted that, but I didn't trust that. So I'll change that for next time. The next person you date. I'm actually married by the way, so I don't know what I'm talking about dating. I've, I've not dated for ages, so I don't know what I'm doing with this. But it's the same kind of thing. The next thing you learn from your process, so therefore you can then yeah. trust the process a little bit more. I think trust has got to be earned. Yeah. And I think the only way of earning trust has been maybe a wee bit burnt before in the past. God, it sounds like counselling. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, of all the analogies that you come out with, James, I never thought it was going to go down to dating. It's been a long while since I've gone dating as well, but I was totally <laughs> on board. Like, yeah, that's actually right. But it's, it's, when you when you mention the word trust, <laughs> why why should we trust the process straight away? We don't know the process. We've never met them before. We, we don't know what they're going to give us. We don't know the outcome. But if you don't have a small bit of trust in it, you'll never have relationships you'll never have friends you'll never have that meal that looks nice on the menu you've got to kind of trust that the chef kind of knows what he's doing it comes and it tastes like rubbish you're like okay i'm going to maybe not order that again yeah. same plan comes you try the the fits you try the jack daniels you try the 80 20 you try one that didn't really it's not for me but this one is so you, you've got to kind of have a little bit of trust but you don't go all in in the first date <laughs> <laughs> where is this going <laughs> I did tell you that this is not edited <laughs> um I, I totally think that's right and and uh go with your dating analogy you know not everybody's your cup of tea so there's different things different things float different people absolutely and that, that's that's the key thing is that one plan can't go for everybody it can't oh, go for everybody no so you've got to kind of think about, well, if this is good for such and such, then that's not quite right for me. And you've got to be quite good at saying, actually, I think I need three days of running, four days of running. I tried this before, I need an extra day's recovery. So you've got to be quite true to your own values and you're, you're true to your own kind of experiences. And just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean to say you have to do it. Yeah, and something if my coach is listening to this, she's going to be absolutely loving this. She said, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. You 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 have to. Um, you know, if yeah. I'm like, she's like, I think you need another extra rest day there. I'm like, oh, I totally can go for it. She's like, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, and, and it's so true as well. <laughs> it is. She's right, Sophie. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but, and yeah. I think I think the trust goes two ways as well. You obviously trust Sophie, and you, she's got to trust that you're actually taking that day off and you're not going out for a sly run or you're not putting miles in and not maybe logging it. She's got to trust you and you've got to trust her. And oh. that's where the trust builds. It builds over months or 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 a longer period of time with with building volume, building training, building everything, you know? Oh, totally. I think, I mean, it's all like life. It's all like lived experience and you are right. Like I always say coaching is like dating. It's creepy. God, we're back to dating. But like I always, that's the first thing I say in my consultation. Like it's kind of like dating. So if I'm not your cup of tea, I'm not offended because, you know, I've got to be your cup of tea. Um, But the same goes for the other way around as well. Like I always say, I don't take on clients unless I know that there's going to be, it's going to work. Because if it's, yeah, if it's not, like if you're, if I know that, I'm not going to serve you in a way that you need that you know if my style of coaching isn't what you like then it's not going to work either and and the same goes with your your train your coach your training plan who you go with your physio as well like you're putting in a lot of trust in all these different avenues in your pursuit of the thing that you are actively trying to go after um so it's dating, you're dating us all, basically. <laughs> yeah, and, and another thing that you mentioned there as well is that the the runner is the main character. 
mm-hmm. coaches, physios, strength conditioning, dietitians, nutritionists are literally, we're Timon and Pumbaa, the runner Simba. We're literally there just to help you on your journey. And at the end of the day, it does come down to the runner, whether they trust you or not. And that's fine. Like we're there to kind of provide the support that we can as physios, the support we can as coaches. And if that's the support you need at that time, great. If it's support that you maybe don't need as much of, then there'll be somebody else that can help you. And it doesn't matter who gets you to the end. As long as you get there, you know, it's that's the the, the, the key kind of thing. Exactly. What would you be? Would you be Timon or would you be Pumbaa? Oh, oh, I think I'd maybe be Pumba. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go to one then. Yeah, to yeah. one. You'd be but it's the same, like every, it's a bit of a curveball, but every single movie has a main character and it has supporting actors and actresses. And all we're doing is we're the supporting actor or actress, or we're the sat nav, they're the driver. We can give them the information, but that's that's as far as we can get with it. We, we can't run the race for them. We've got yeah. to kind of give them as best information and education as we can provide. Um, but they still have to make the right choices. And nothing's going to be perfect when there's so many ex- external factors involved. Oh, exactly. I always say that. I'm just like at the side. You know when people are like, oh, thank you. I couldn't have done it. Without. I'm like, no, I'm just on the side. I'm just on the sideline, just watching you do your thing. And occasionally if you're needing something, I'm just you know, feeding you stuff at the sides. Um, but yeah, it's, um, which is great. I mean, that's obviously why we love doing what we do. We love watching our, you know, these athletes that doing what they love to do because, you know, we know what that's like as well. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. I think like the thing about um, training is like we, you kind of mentioned it there. It's like, we can only give so much and then it is down to ultimately it's down down to runner so you can flip you can go polar opposite and be not take the training plan as you go the opposite way so you're just completely like winging it um and I guess there's the cons to that as well so you've got like people who've got the perfectionist traits that have gone all in and then sometimes they might go all off (laughs) off yeah on off so it's if you're playing that game where you're either all in or you're all out and you're you're kind of flipping between that it's understanding like what is the kind of issues that might come from that with training I think I think training has to be like a, a continuum there has to be like a it's like boiling a pot of potatoes if you always have the pot of potatoes at number seven, it's probably going to boil over. But if you have it in number two, you're not going to cook your potatoes. So it kind of has to be going towards seven, then backing off. So there has to be a set volume, a set a set amount of training for adaptation. Because if everyone could run the marathon, everyone would run the marathon, they wouldn't have to train. But you do have to have aerobic capacity and you have joints, muscles, tendons, ligaments that are able to absorb load. And that takes a wee bit of time. Sometimes it takes over a year, two, three years to gain that ability to absorb load. So people that are fresh into running, they need to have that time spent building up a tolerance level. Um, I don't think you can be angry at the results you don't get for the effort you don't put in. And I think that I go golfing maybe twice a year and I can't get angry at myself for hitting out of bounds because I don't practice. So I don't expect anything. I guess the problem comes is the expectations have to meet the the input if you put in one session a week or one run a week you're going to run a marathon like you've run one run a week if you put in four or five sessions a week you're going to run the marathon better off the four or five sessions a week and, and it's undercooking things is fine but you can't expect miraculous outcomes on on work you, you don't put in yeah yeah totally we all like we all like eating from clean plates, but we don't necessarily like doing the dishes. So we've got to kind of do the hard work in the background so that when we actually get the plates out, they're already clean for the next meal. So I think undercooking things, we don't tend to see a huge amount of that. Mm-hmm. People that have a, a goal tend to be the other end of the scale. They tend to overcook things, but there are people that do expect and maybe a bit of a tangent but we live in a world where we're maybe entitled well such and such ran a marathon so therefore i can do it yeah but such and such put a hell of a lot of work in and you've not put the work in or such and such ran this faster than me 
well, I know what their training is like compared to your training, like so I could have called mm-hmm. that. So it's kind of like comparison is killer. If you compare yourself to somebody else, you're never gonna have a, a joyous outcome because that's not your goal. If your goal is to beat somebody, then that's a poor goal. It's yeah. it's it's never a goal. It's it's gonna be something that always lets you down because as soon as you beat them, who's next? What's next? There's always gonna be failure in that goal. And we talked about failure being important, but it's kind of like an empty failure where like there's always gonna be somebody faster than you, and there's always gonna be somebody slower than you. It's yeah. just these unwritten rules in life. There's always gonna be somebody better off and somebody worse off than you. You've got to kind of think about can I be better than what I was last marathon cycle or can I be better than what I was last training block? It's it's got to be a it's a good time to be a bit selfish and make it a goal about yourself rather than self-centered and it's got to be about somebody else. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of the stuff that I do with clients is really like honing in on their core values. So really understanding actually why it is you're doing what you're doing because, and, and defining what success looks like, what it means to you as an individual, because once you start getting into that comparison of other people, you're, you're completely taking yourself out of your own achievements. Um, and also as well, like comparison, I, I changed my views on comparison. Like I used to be like, oh, comparison is a thief of joy. And now I'm actually like, no, if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, you can flip that into a good thing. You can start reaching out to these people and say, how the hell have you done this? I want to do this and use it as like an inspiration. Like, how have they done? Like, how have they done that? I'm going to get curious and learn. Yeah. No, I agree to a certain degree you can compare yourself to people that are doing well, but if your goal is to be better than that said person, it's like, well, is that about you then? Mm. Yeah. You know, like by all means, look at people that are doing well and think, well, how are they doing that? Great. That's compassion. Yeah, yeah. Like, change your processes. But if you're comparing yourself on an outcome as in, I want to be that tall or that, that mm. weight or that look or that something it's like well a does that meet your core values and b what happens when you get there's that mean you're gonna be happy like my goal might be i want that car because it's faster than their car i buy that car they buy another car okay i've now got to buy another car you know yeah. comparison yeah. and i think that when you're comparing to somebody else it's maybe looking at um what have they done to get success is it that their training plan is five days a week versus my three days a week, then maybe I do have to go and do five days a week. Can my body accept five days a week? Maybe not. So I might have to settle for four. So it's like, what are they doing? Well, they're doing more volume. So how do I find that? Well, I make that appropriate to my training plan rather than just going for their recipe. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great one. Going for their recipe. I like that. Um, It's, because if you are like when you are saying to other people how are you doing that it's not about copying that person it is about bringing it back to like you say your recipe your values what you're wanting to do um and going back to like the all or nothing when you said at the start as well it's like that I guess that middle ground it's like finding that middle ground and going back to fluid it's going to kind of be going in between those but when we take it to such extremes either way it never ends up great <laughs> never but i think you kind of i think you've got to kind of know what the extremes are what they look like what they feel like and sometimes you maybe have to go there to remember that okay 90 mile weeks i can't do yeah and every time i go to 90 miles but when i go to 80 85 i'm okay so maybe that is my outer of a lot of volume because you you have you maybe have to touch the kettle to see if it's hot. You sometimes have to go there to see what, what you're feeling. It's a bit like driving at Dundee on the average speed cameras. There's not one person driving at 70. People are either at 77 or they're at 65 because they're scared of getting done. But they're all going to get there the same way. And you won't drive the same speed the whole time. You'll go up, you'll go down, you'll go up, you'll go down. You'll still get there. It's always an hour to Dundee, regardless of how fast you drive. Yeah. It's always an hour. <laughs> and that'll be at 77, 65, 77, 65. You still get there in the same time, but you've got to be able to change your speed, change your pattern depending on the, the outcome. You won't drive at all 77 miles an hour because you get done and you won't drive at 65 because you get bored. So you'll fluctuate between the two. And that's the same with training. There'll be days when you think, I feel really good. 
So I'm going to push it a lot harder. The next day, I don't feel as good. I'm going to back off. Great. 65 to 75. 75. No police watching. 75. <laughs> Plus or minus 10%. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's it's just it can be challenging when you've got like you've got something in your mind that you want to achieve and I I get it I do like that you know you do have to as runners I do think you're right we do tend to overcook things at some point majority of the time um but I think as I get older or I was going to say wiser but it's probably easier to say older (laughs) is that I feel I I still have that trait. I still want to do more, um, because I love it. I think that's the difference now, because I just because I love it, um, yeah. and I have to be reined in all the time. It's you know I have to be. What happens in. when you get reined in? What's your first emotion when when either Sophie says to back off, or what's your first thing? Do you say actually, yeah, you're right, or no, no? That so when. I mean, she's going to be listening to this, so I'm going to have to just t- say it truthfully. Um, if she's raining, like just now, my volume is way lower than my normal, like lower than half. Um, it's always a conversation about the bigger goal. Um, you know, for me, I love my long weekend. My weekend runs is like, that's where I get my the joy of running because it's a big adventure and I just love it. Um, so that's the one, the 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 ones that I'm having to cut, um, mm. and it's finding that balance of what is where can we how low can we take it that I'm still getting that element of joy. There's still going to be a reason for me to get out to a like long enough to be on a hill. Um, that I'll get that feeling of joy that I love from running, but equally balancing that out with well, what is my body's ability at the moment. Um, and she's got a great way of reminding me of the bigger goal that I'm looking for next year. So, you know, I, I guess it's that when we lay it all out, I'm like, I'm totally on board yet. Yeah, I won't do another ultra this year. You're totally right. It, it's too risky. X, Y, Z, like lay all the facts out and be smart about it and not be, you know, I can have my adventures in the hills for longer periods of my life or I can do this now and maybe cause more injury and it's just not really worth it. So it's about just stepping back and being being smart about what is going on. And, you know, there's sometimes a little bit of a, like, oh, I could maybe do this though, or I could maybe do this. And so I think we always come to a compromise. Um, but most of the time, every block of training, it normally is, can I get a bit more volume at the weekend? Um, and most of the time, I will be brutally honest, most of the time at the weekend, my volume is more than what it should be on my long runs by like half an hour, an hour, which I know that, that, you know, that's relevant to what I do, but, you know, sometimes I get it right and I'm like, see, Sophie, I managed to do it bang on, but it is hard when you're in the hills and there's lots of variables. Um, That's my excuse. (laughs) I think my one thing is that the, the phrase see I'm right is quite a thin ice strategy because there's going to be a time you're wrong and you don't want coach coming back saying see I was right because yeah. she's she's holding all the cards because yeah. for example if it's if it's people come back to me saying oh yeah I'm doing my return to run um, I did like four by eight k Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was like, well, you just maybe just did 5K the week before. So that's that's a bit much. But see, I managed it and they go two or three weeks and they're managing it. But your body is probably adapting to four weeks ago. So you've got to have that kind of level of, yes, I'm getting away with it now, but what is it going to happen in the future? How many times, and again, it's a terrible analogy, you've been out in the net out and thought, yeah, this eighth Jaeger is a good idea. The next day, it's never a good idea. And you wake up and you think, I should have stopped at maybe seven. Yeah. And I think that it's 
it's saying after that eighth year, see, I'm fine just now. But see, when you wake up the next day, you're like, actually, you're you're probably right. So it's it's kind of like working together, but maybe having like um uh like a set of barriers. And you and Sophie will probably do this, and it's not talking about your trend at all, but it's like maybe having that this is an outer where we know you'll break if you go past that. And this is where I've set, you've got a little bit of leeway, but at the same time, live to fight another day. Because if you're out of the hills for three or four weeks, what then is a knock-on effect to your mental health, physical health strategy for the long-term goal? And can you afford to do that? Probably not if you're wanting a, a good outcome. And having a sit back and look at the bigger picture is, is, is sometimes important. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I mean... I am way better than when we first started coaching together. You know, it, it used to and be... Then you got in trust. You trust Oh, it. yeah, totally. It's key and you yeah. trust yourself to say, actually, I could go crazy here and go mental on the hills, but I'm not because I want I trust that what Sophie's given me is the right amount and I trust that if I go too far above that, I'm going to be sore or going to be achy, I'm going to pick up a niggle. So I know, and that's where you gain the trust because yeah. you, you say, the old me wouldn't have done that. Well, that's you having probably erring towards the perfect kind of strategy of being fluid with your plan oh yeah I mean I think when I first met you I I would be religiously sticking to the plan no matter what like no matter what that was getting done whereas now I'm like Sophie did half of this session, didn't do this session, did this, didn't do that, changed this, changed this around, did this, blah, blah, blah. you know, there's just understanding. I've been yeah. burnt too many times. Um, and yeah, it is a trust, trust in myself as well. Like, I think that as well, like you over time and experience in various training blocks, races, you gain a level of trust in your own body where that's one thing that Sophie said is um, is my superpower is that I know my body. So I know when I can go for it and when I need to just simmer right down um, and know where that is. And I'm not I'm not scared to take to go with what that needs at that time. So, yeah. I think it's, it's a nice thing you say there about knowing when to go and when not to go. Like, it's the rule of thirds. A third yes. of your runs are going to be great. A, rule of your, a third of your runs is going to be average and a third of your runs is going to be terrible. On the good runs, go a wee bit more, but don't go over the score. On your average ones, yeah, do what you need to do to get the session ticked off. In your average ones, be okay about just maybe stepping off or, or backing up or, or just appreciate that today is maybe not the day. Is it the wrong time of the month is it the wrong um food beforehand is it the wrong like life strategy that's going on just now and you might just have to say maybe it's just a rubbish day and i've just got to back off and live to fight another day and uh runs come and go they're yeah. like buses if you miss one or one doesn't get you where you you're wanting to go you get off it and you wait for the next one and it's going to take you exactly where you need to go so it's kind of like can you have the confidence in yourself to listen to your body when it's A, doing well, and B, when it's not doing well, to make an adjustment. And I think that sounds like what you've built up over a period of time, which comes with journal, it comes with writing down, it comes with gathering evidence so that you're being the best detective and learning about your running so that you can make that choices as and when they come up. And there's there's like legit quits and there's shit quits. There's like legit quits is actually, I'm feeling a bit under the weather. It's not working well. I'm run, I feel like I'm running through treacle all day. I'm just gonna call it a day. Or there's times you're like, do you know what? I just can't be bothered. I just cannot be bothered getting out of the house today. I just can't be bothered putting the work in three or four days in a row now. I can't be bothered. That's a shit quit. You've just got to kind of get yourself out and do something of some sort. Even if it's a, a reduced session, it's kind of keeping yourself in the game. As long as there's not a, a downside to that, that that quit itself. Yeah, I agree. I think a skill is learning to know when to put your big girl or boy pants on um and also when to put your freaking pajamas on <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's whatever you say in your head to make it feel okay <laughs> you know? yeah yeah and you don't because have... at the end of the day 
nobody yeah. else cares about your running. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Like actually, nobody's gonna look and stab and call you out and saying, "Well, why did you end that session short, or why did you go that speed?" Because nobody else is really bothered because they're too bothered about themselves. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. You know. I know. I know. I think that's the thing. Is like, oh, I can't remember who said it about Strava. It's gonna annoy me who who said it, but it was like, stop training for like your other people. Yet for other people, like stop like trying to make these numbers on Strava in your training and then it gets to your actual race and you've just like fucked yourself basically. <laughs> I can tell you now, nobody remembers the goals you scored in training. Yeah. If you were a football player, nobody remembers how many goals you scored in that training session, the next training session. It doesn't matter. When you actually got in the football pitch in the, the league match at the weekend, that's when people remember. So it doesn't matter what you do in the shadows, as long as what you're doing when it comes to the, the actual event is what you're happy with. And nobody's actually watching you train. Nobody really, nobody really cares. Nobody really cares. <laughs> I know it's the ego that gets so, you know, it chips away. It's like, hey, remember when you used to be able to do this thing? And then you're like forcing yourself to do it. And it's like, your body's like, no, I yeah, can't do this. Well, but remember, maybe in your case, in my case as well, I'm maybe 20 years older than what I was when I did it last time. Oh. And you know what? My body's been through quite a bit in 20 years, you know, and like having small family, having kids, having a like a high pressure job, having like um, a bit of travel here, then everywhere. It's like that adds up. And I think that you weren't the same person that you were 20 years ago. You weren't the same person you were two years ago. Yeah. And, and the aging process is something that does change us all. Uh, Gray hairs, wrinkles comes, but also there's other things that we don't probably see, and that does have a knock-on effect. So you might not be able to sustain the same as you were before. And sooner or later, you're either going to get annoyed at your times or you're going to get frustrated at the whole training and you're going to give up because the why has got to be solid. We found during lockdown, people that were motivated by racing struggled because mm. I wasn't in races. <laughs> people that were motivated by making themselves better, making themselves healthier, making themselves actually enjoy the process learn about it they still ran every bloody day they took their boris hour they did it people that love racing didn't yeah and and the ones that did really well out of like um covid or out of lockdown were the ones that had the the why is being aligned to their benefit or their health or their bettering themselves versus a goal that was a time that you couldn't even, you couldn't achieve it because there wasn't any races to achieve it. So therefore you're like, oh, I'm not going to bother to there's no races or I can't achieve that time. So I think I think you've got to be true to yourself and remember that we run for health reasons, benefits, psychological reasons, benefits. We run to show our kids that we're inspirational to them. We run because all these other things, we run because it's part of the community. We run to inspire the running community. We're inspired by the running community. All these things matter more than sub four 401 for whatever you know it's it's what is your why and there's a really good book by uh scenic and it's what is your why and it goes on about the depth of why you're actually into running why are you actually looking to achieve that marathon why are you so for, for example yourself maybe why your why might be the west highland way so when you're out at the weekend yes that's part of the process to get you there but why would you sacrifice your west highland way by going for two hours longer than you need to, because then that's going to affect the overall goal. So your why has got to be, that's why I'm stopping my run now, because there's a bigger picture of the West Highland Way. Oh, it's, it, yeah. it's not your why. Oh, it's it's well ingrained. Like, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not, first of all, I'm not even in the race, you know, <laughs> Ian B, if you're listening. <laughs> but if, if you know, if, <laughs> if you, you know, if, but even that's the thing. I don't even know if I'm guaranteed a place, but I'm still every single every single session, every single gym session, every single running session, every single mobility session, everything is still very much, you know, there is a bigger purpose to all of these tiny little steps towards the biggest thing that I've ultimately, but you know, got in my mind. But I think it's it always comes down to that what you say like why like why are you doing it and we all have our reasons um 
And I think it's always about coming back to that as much as possible. And I, like you've mentioned before about journaling, it's, you know, something I regular like recommend clients to do is to come back to your values, remind yourself why you're doing all this, why it's important to you. Because that three thirds, I love that. I think I've actually um, got that on. That's one of one of my social medias for this month. Um, is the the rule of three thirds? Because you know you're going to have these bumps in the roller coaster of life, and there's going to be ups and downs and all that messy stuff in between. And it's just embrace it. We're not perfect. We're not. Um, sorry, we're not privileged enough to have perfect. Yeah we're not privileged enough to have that and nobody is there's no, no such thing as the perfect world the perfect life the perfect mm-hmm. husband the perfect whatever it, there's just no such thing as perfect it's, it's something we chase without ever really achieving it it's the same with the race during covid if you try and get that your motivation will wane it's mm-hmm. trying to be better than what you were yesterday or, or trying to improve on what you did before so you're actually still moving along or moving towards that never achievable outcome itself. The other thing as well as Will Smith always said, you've got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So oh. like you're staying ready now so that you don't have to then get into the race in November, then panic, think about, oh, okay, I need to get ready now. It's like I train so that no matter what the goal is, it might even be West Hanway, it might be the Great Glen, it might be Salter 24, it might be um, Glenmore 24. Other races do exist, but these are the main ones <laughs> to get into. <laughs> you stay ready so that yeah it's more than just the goal of getting into the west Ham because there's an external, external factor that says not this year so therefore i'm not going to just say oh, i'll never train ever again because i didn't get in it's like okay well what next what am i what am i going to do instead so that i can actually keep the kettle boiling yeah yeah and i think as well like i always think you know, I don't race that much now compared to what I used to because, you know, got, we've got kids, you know, we've both got young families now. But um, I always come back to, like, you've got your races and if they don't happen, that's okay. Like, going back to the lockdown, I'd still run anyway <laughs> because yeah. it's it's tied so tightly to my, my value of adventure. Part I mean, of your identity, but it doesn't define you doesn't define you um it's part of you nothing defines you apart from part of your identity yeah exactly um and it's it's coming back to that in longevity as well like you see some of these like women and, and men that are like you know doing amazing things and they're like they're 80 90 whatever you're just like oh man that's inspirational so you know for the days I'm out you know Dora off on her explorer she's off getting up to no good in the hills like just rein it in remember you know there's bigger things and the unfortunate thing as well is that there's going to be a day when we can't do it I know don't you know there's going to be a day that we can't do it so yeah do we wait for that day to come and then think I wish I did this I wish I did that or do we actually enjoy the moment yeah sometimes you've got to enjoy that long run at the weekend but know that it's part of the puzzle for longer term but at the same time not take any enjoyment out of the weekend because it might be your last long run Mm, we we, we, We don't know we do not know yeah i know which is which is not meant to be sad it's meant to be a positive thing in that if you if you do every session as well as you can or you enjoy every run and if you're on a run you're thinking this is going terribly maybe f- switch that mindset to the positivity of this might be my last run I might enjoy it you know and it's, mm-hmm. it's maybe a sadistic way of thinking about it we're not all here forever yeah yeah but one of one of the <laughs> yeah one, one of the kind of laster conversations I had with my granddad before he passed was because he was in the hills all the time, was he, when he never used to believe me that I ran. Never used to believe that I ran. And <laughs> he'd always say, "You just keep at the hills because that'll give you the memories. I'll give you the memories for when you're in here." And you'd be like, "God, that's that's so true. Like you, even if you're not in the hills or yeah. wherever you run, whatever you do, it it will give you the memories for when you're not able to do it. You'll still have that memories. 
So I can remember doing a field. I can yeah. remember running Tenerife up a hill. I can remember running in New York up a hill. I can remember yeah. uh, pretty much all of Benny here. I can remember the White Mounts. You can remember all the hill runs mm-hmm. you do. Can I remember all the park runs I've done? Probably maybe if I really worked hard, but I can actually vividly remember being in the hills. And you know what? If memories is what you're looking for and good times is is that's a massive goal as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I sit down and tell people about running. I don't tell them about uh, and this is a slight on park run anyway. I don't tell them about park runs. I tell them about oh the hill run that did was yeah. great. This was great. The park runs are such a great community. I must say that. And it's not a slight on that at all. It's more when you're in the hills and if the hills inspire you, that's where you want to be. And they yeah. give you the memories that you'll you'll remember clear as a day. Yeah. I can still remember all the hills I've ran. Uh, yeah, I totally I agree. I'm like smiling ear to ear, just even thinking talking hills. But I mean, in part, I agree with you as well. Park run, like it's. I remember going my first park run and being like, "Oh my god, there's all these runners here, and this is like a free thing, and they're all here yeah. battling the beach wind." Yeah, and they come here Christmas every day, weekend New Year's to battle. Day. <laughs> hail wind snow and it's inspiring because you'll finish you'll walk back you'll clap people in people clap you in you know it's such a nice it's it's one of these things about the running community is just such a nice community you know and it's 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 bigger than just our goals it's it's a whole lot of goals that every single one that people i'd love to have their little like thought bubble above their head what their goal was when they're running in the park and so you could just see what the different goals were and sometimes it's people like saying, I just want to run 5K versus I just want to catch up with my friend or I just want to kind of, you know, I just want to kind of be healthy. And it'd be great mm-hmm. to see everyone's goal just floating above their head. And I bet you probably about maybe 20% of them would be time-based, 80% of them would be like outcome or like a healthy kind of outcome driven. Yeah, I know. I, and it is like a huge community. And like I've met people in Aberdeen, uh, beach uh park run and there was like they've come from all over and like you know the people that do like all the park runs and stuff or they do the alphabet or whatever their thing and I'm like how cool I mean I'm saying like all the park runs I've been in I could probably count it like on both hands because I have got the fear of five gays but it is like you know like it is it's so cool because you're like oh cool you've come all the way up to Aberdeen just to do this park run like that's so cool. And uh, for coffee, then speak to other like-minded runners. And yeah. Learn what they're doing. And it's not a case of comparing. It's more like listening to other people's stories and, oh, they're doing that. I might try that as well. See how that works for me. It's not necessarily I'm doing that because they did that. It's more like, yeah. I might try that because part of... And I think that when we go back to the comparison is that you're looking to think about evolving as a runner, adding bits and pieces on you if you're a transformer you want to put an extra bit onto yourself so that next time or next cycle round you've actually gained something versus i'm doing that because they've done it well there's no history or no science or no like evidence suggests that that's going to work for you it's like try it keep it if it doesn't work for you bin it if it does work for you use it as it's like gathering like a swiss army knife of tools you might need to gather lots and lots of different tools so for one given day you might use a toothpick (laughs) Nobody uses a toothpick in a Swiss Army knife, but for one day you might have to just use that. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I love that. And like you, and that's the thing about the running community because the you know it is. I don't ever think that running is a solo sport. I I do think it is. Uh, you know, like you say, you're clapping in everybody else. It is. Uh, we're all wanting each other to, you know, do what we want to do. But it's the tools that you learn from other people, the tools that you learn from your experience. And my toolbox Coaches is... from physio, from sports massage, from get analysis. You're picking up oh. tools the whole time. You don't have to use them all, but you might use a oh. lot of parts of them. And it's it's trying to get exposure to as many different people around about you as you can and learning from every single person. And being open to that, like really being open to learning and trying and being okay um that whole growth versus fixed mindset though if you've got a growth mindset looking to improve you'll try new things if you're fixed and i'm as best i can be you won't improve you'll you'll be fixed at that that point i'm not going to do that because that doesn't fit well my 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 values or that doesn't fit well my training versus i'm going to try it see where i get to it's it's been 
it's been open to to growth and learn that you can always be better than what you were not necessarily time wise but as in recovery wise efficiency wise fueling wise um lots of lots of different things yeah stress management emotional regulation food yeah. uh, there's so many factors and yeah i i totally agree there's always something to be learned yeah what would you recommend to help people strike this balance so that they're they're not pushing themselves to i guess injuries on a constant basis um document like i would say like document down what your what the hard facts of the session were but what the soft facts the hard facts are i ran eight kilometers at 450 the soft facts are i felt a little bit sore or i felt like i was working too hard for that pace today or out of 10 i give it an rpe of such and such and gather evidence it's like the best thing you can do is is write down the evidence and people i say to people all the time can you show me what your volume is for this week oh no i've not written it down it's like what is your volume i don't know what paces have you been doing i don't know well how do you know what's what's breaking you or what's causing you to come off your training plan you need to kind of if you want to keep running, we need to know as much information as we can so that we can actually tailor the sessions to keep you running. Um, so that would be probably my biggest thing is document it down, like write it down and, and have a, a space that's not necessarily on the internet or anything else. Like maybe there's a little black book so you can look back and say, actually, I was out last night. I didn't really run too well. There's a correlation or relationship between going out and me not running well next time i'm gonna make an easier session after a night out it's learning from the speed bumps i'd rather drive down a street with many sleeping policemen rather than drive down a street with a big diversion at the end so it's kind of like go over the speed bumps know what i need to do learn from it and then carry on and progress and i think that's probably one of the biggest things for people to, to kind of stick to a plan and not not break down the second thing is listen to your body it, nobody else knows what your body feels like nobody else knows what you're feeling like either if you're feeling rubbish don't be afraid to say i actually feel quite rubbish today if you're feeling sore try and quantify it and also try and like um verbalize it as well like is it a sharp pain dull pain toothache is it something we expect for the level of training you're in or is it something a wee bit more it's being able to kind of learn from that as well and the last thing would probably be is like know that it's a a macro cycle rather than a micro cycle it's part of the bigger picture your first marathon plan might just be the corner pieces of the jigsaw puzzle your next marathon plan might be all the outer border the next marathon plan might be starting to fill the middle bit in and it might be five or six marathons or seven or eight marathons before you actually get the full picture in front of you but everything's part of a bigger picture and always keep progressing to the next part of the puzzle and there's no ceiling there's no ceiling yes as soon as you learn there's no ceiling it makes it a lot easier to keep on pushing and if you haven't achieved it yet you're not finished yet you just keep on nudging towards the next part of the process i love that yeah is there <laughs> anything <laughs> is there anything else that you want to add to or share with our listeners um I don't think so. I think one of the biggest things for myself is um, you thanked me for for coming on at the start and I want to thank you for inviting me on to such a, a good resource for females, for males, for coaches, for therapists, for pretty much everyone out there. And I think that it's it's a great tool to always have to reflect on, to listen to, to pick up, put down, come back to, um, but also to reach out to you as well. So I think that you thank me, I want to thank you for inviting oh. me. And I think the biggest thing is that as a running community, there's a lot of people that are actually genuinely care about what you do. Like you mentioned Sophie, Sophie genuinely cares. You mentioned yourself, genuinely care about people's goals. And I think, I must say as well, I genuinely care as well. Sorry, I missed myself out there. But we genuinely care. And there's oh. there's a lot of people that that genuinely care about your, your journey. And if you're with somebody that you don't feel has your values in the mindset or it doesn't quite fit your values don't be afraid to move somewhere else don't be afraid to pick up somebody that does care or meet your values and we're just timon and pumba and you are simba <laughs> so yeah 
So thanks for having me on would be probably my, my last thing to Aww. say. Oh, no, thank you. And honestly, and yeah, I can back you up on that. We do care so deeply. We're very passionate about making sure that you're strong and going after the things that you actually want to go after. And we are the cheerleaders side. That's why we're so, here on a Friday night doing this. Because yeah, we care, care exactly, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so thank you again for coming on and thanks to the lovely listeners for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I hope you've taken something from this episode that has helped you in some way. Feel free to reach out to us, um, either one of us. I will put our contact details in the show notes as always and I really look forward to meeting you again on the next episode.